I'm here. You there? Yeah. Knock, knock. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are on the road again. Uh, Still on the road. If you listen to episode 35... We were you can in probably Utah. hear our road noise right now. Uh, you probably are hearing some some road noise. I'm going to try to take that out for us. But, uh, you know, it's one of those little things we endure for creating on the road. Yeah. A little character. A little character to it. Yeah. Background but, music. Um, today we are going to talk about... Um, it kind of ties... If, you know what? We were talking about getting feedback in, from people whenever you're creating something. And we've talked about this many times before, uh, but I've noticed something, you know, you, and I, I've actually done it to you probably more times than I care to admit. I use you as a source of feedback for things when I'm creating them. And you're the probably first person that I go to. And, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, you don't ever give me the quick and easy that is great. Or that's, you know, in fact, you rarely even do that. So <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of frustrating in that way, but I well, always, do you go, want my honest opinion or you want, you want me to just record my voice and say, that's great. <laughs> Good job. Like it could be like a, one of those little like speakers that just repeats the four different phrases. Simple button. Yeah. yeah. I, well, no, I don't want you just to do that obviously, but it, when you do give me a genuine, that's great. It's like, you know, heaven on earth. It's like, oh, that's what I was doing this for. But there is such a thing. And I've done this to you because I've seen your reaction when I'm like, hey, do you want to watch this new edit? Like, excuse you, excuse me, excuse us. Sorry. Um, when I ask you, do you want to watch this new cut of something that you've already seen by that time, probably three or four times and I show you a new cut of it and it's not very different. It's just like this little one detail or whatever that I changed. I'm like, do you like that better? I feel like what I'm doing and I have to be careful about is I'm you're, you're, you're my source of feedback, especially if you're my primary source of feedback, I got to be careful about not wearing you out and like running you into the ground. As well, the- and even when you show it to me, like you'll have it in premiere And I can see a version like you'll have it on this small little editing version (laughs) that you want me to watch. And I'm like, I can't even notice what you're telling me right now, because all these numbers and timelines and extra controls are on the screen. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at right now. So, yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to give you feedback on. Well, and to be perfectly honest, like something I have you've gotten really good about consciously giving thoughtful feedback and you've just I don't know if that's maybe because of work too but but uh when I first was making Silverfish you know the very first big movie right that we did yeah um you were the producer and just like most things when you're doing the producing stuff you don't sit and take part as much in all of the quote-unquote creative piece whether it's the production or post-production editing type thing it's not really your that's not your go-to. I, you definitely watch iterations of scenes and the movie or whatever as it goes, and you give feedback. Thankfully, God, but, for those of you that are married or or live with a filmmaker, you hear the same scenes in, from the other room, like over and over and over, to well, where I've you had, could I have repeat. Headphones now. 
<laughs> you could repeat every word at the exact time that the person says it because you've heard this cut occur <laughs> a thousand times. Well, I, that's what. So I, I don't know why I didn't have headphones when I first started editing that, but I got them now. I got them now. Yes. Um, but you were hearing it out of some speakers, so it was echoing through. And the house. you listen to things really loud too. But you know what? What it what it really makes me think though is that overall, most people. I remember there was a point where we were fighting about. I because I think you weren't wanting to watch a scene one night, and I was like taking it personal, and, and I you know started a spat between us about you know you don't care what I'm doing, you don't care about this movie, you say you're supportive, but you're very, not. Very very typical artist, yes. Yeah, I'd get all in my head, and then, uh, but <clears throat> what I was really thinking, and you, you basically you kind of made a comment, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you fully meant it, but in a way it was eye opening. It was like you're just like. Let me know when it's done, when it's finished and we put it on a big screen, then I'll watch it. Or it was, let me know when you're in a place where it has like at least continuity. Diff- where, where like, yeah, I yeah. can't watch things in isolation. I don't know what happened before or what happened after. So it, yeah. I'm not even going to give you feedback that's useful to you. And the other part coming from this end was I had to tell you and you had to agree to it as I said there are times where I am just not able to drop what I'm doing and come watch a scene that you've edited and give you useful or or like honest feedback because I'm not in the mindset to receive whatever you've just worked your ass off to do. So you got to be able to recognize that if I say to you, hey, I will watch this, but I can't I'm not ready to watch it right now and I will give you some feedback later. But right now you got to work through this on your own and then and then come to me. Yeah. And obviously that was the big, you know, we basically uh, what do they call it? You know, building the plane while flying type of thing. Yeah. Um, That that was really what Silverfish was. We were, you know, going through all this and learning all these little things. And I was terrible about recognizing just how dominating I would be of a moment where it's just like, Hey, drop everything and come watch this. And so in that case, I, uh, I had to learn that number one, I got to be respectful of your time. But number two, if I wear you out on it like that, then now you're no longer a good source of feedback because you're not going to want to watch it. You're not going to want to really even take time to think about that feedback that you're giving. And it just makes it really, you know, I've, like I've used you up kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I don't mean it. I get like you're a tool or something, but it, it is a little bit in the sense of like, yeah, bled me dry. Or yeah. Whatever. Like you're, you're the main source of feedback and I've just basically milked everything for what it's worth and you got nothing left to give. And you're just like, Hey, stop asking me about this when it's on the big screen. Let me know. And I'll be there. Well, I had to think about it also. So a lot of, um, in the work that I do, I have to, I have to plan out a lot of times a whole eight hour, six to eight hour day. And I have to think about how to keep people, people's attention talking about, in this case, either math or math education, which sounds like, oh, Lord, how would you do that? Right. And I used to go to my coworkers every time I had a change of an idea. And I would say, because we work closely together to co-develop these things, kind of like the way you write a script or plan out scenes or whatever it is. But in this case, I would go to them and the, the plan would change 
a hundred times. You know, every time I would think about it further, I'd want to change it. Yep. And I've had to force myself to go, okay, I can't go to them every single time I'm wanting to switch gears or I'm wanting to change the plan. I got to wait until I'm at a place where I could one, just really defend why I'm, why I want to do it that way. Well, and then also be kind of sure that you do want to do it that way uh, rather than show it to them. And then 15 minutes later, you're like, ah, I kind of want to change this. Yeah. And then it could mean that they get pissed off that they spent 20 minutes talking with me about it when they could have been working on something else, you know? Right. And then I didn't even use their idea anyway. Right. So they probably in their mind, which is like, even way worse. Why do you even ask me if you were going to do it your way anyway? Yeah. And I noticed like, you know, I know like in knowing creative, certain creative people, I feel like I have seen people do that where they're like, they'll take an idea. They're like, ask someone for their opinion or they'll ask someone to do something. And then when that person gives their opinion or does that something, it just gets cut. And it's like, I don't know, especially when you're in the creative moonlighting phase of things, a lot of there's not a lot of money getting thrown around on these projects. So it's like someone just did you a solid kind of thing and then you just cut them out. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I can't I can't really stomach that as a as the one that's trying to direct something. I feel like if I'm going to ha- have you or ask you to be a part or support what, what it is we're doing, then I got to at least if it's an idea that you provided, I got to at least consider it and, and, and put it in there as a serious thing, not just drop it, you know, or if it's having you be a part of the production, I got, I got, I can't just cut, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, but. okay. So going back to the kind of theme of the episode, which was valuing the process, not the outcome. Yeah. Well, it seems like a lot of people, you know, especially if they're working for free or if they're just like being a, a like, you you know, in your case, you're not getting paid to come in there and watch every time I was to ask you to watch a scene. And it, it seems like people on the whole, they tend to value the outcome, not the process. Right. And I don't know that there. I don't know. I know we, we talk about this all the time where it's like, hey, you got to enjoy the process. I think that's true if you're the artist and you're the you know, whatever, the visionary, the creative, whatever the hell you want to call it. If you're that person, then yeah, you got to enjoy the process. But everybody that you rope in and drag along doesn't and probably isn't going to enjoy the process. They're probably going to wait for the outcome, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that whole saying of enjoy the process. Yeah, it sounds good. Stupid. But it is stupid. <laughs> Nobody enjoys the process of struggle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think the thing you have to value is that most what? of the time to come to a place of deep understanding or um, or or a creation where you're creating something new requires some struggle or confusion. Yes. And yeah. if and confusion, so great word I'm not saying that it's fun. I hate when people tell me, oh, I and I love, you know, enjoy, enjoy the process enjoy the challenge i'm like no i don't want to do that but if i look back and i look at three examples of where i really really struggled and i figured out a way i valued that end product more than i did the things that came easy to me right right and i and and i i think that's what what it is is you, you enjoy and it's still though you're enjoying the outcome you're enjoying the outcome of having gotten 
through those struggles and you're remembering everything. You actually kind of remember those struggles fondly in a weird way where it's like it's like that old saying of, you know, you look back on life and 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 everything that uh, brought you to tears when it happened makes you laugh now. And everything that made you laugh now brings you to tears, you know. Well, because probably those things that felt big to you at the time were nothing in comparison to maybe a current thing that you're encountering yeah or it could be anything you know just the thing the the, the meaning right yeah, i guess that's what you're saying is the meaning of things sort of shifts and sh- reshapes over time but when you look at this right now especially if you're the one who's the artist that's involved you know if i'm calling you in the room every five minutes to show you the nuanced difference between what i just did and what i just showed you 10 minutes ago you're not going to want to you're not going to want to help me out with that like in number one you don't really care, you know? And that's, I, I always, I always want to revert to that whenever I'm working on certain things. It's like, Hey, I'm spending all this time on this little detail and no one gives a shit. No one cares. Yeah. And it's not to be rude. I don't mean that to, to be rude to anybody who, who, who pays attention to nuance and detail. I obviously do too, when it comes to certain things, but there is a point where you just have to acknowledge you're the only one that cares about this. There's no one else that's going to, you could do it this way or you could do it that way. And people will accept either one just the same, you know? Now, if it's making a movie, there's, that means that you just have to pick the moments that you think really work the best and not depend on having, you know, everyone else tell you what the answer is because ultimately the answer is within you, you know? Right, exactly. And so I have my top three. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and spout them then. Okay. So we just talked about this in, in length, but the first one is just um, in in regard to valuing the process, not the outcome, right? Is one, just be willing to accept the fact that you're going to be confused or you're going to struggle. Well, and I, I like the way you're wording that rather than enjoy the process. It's not enjoying no. it. Valuing it is different. You, you, we can value things that are extremely discomfort, yeah, discomforting, you know, or yeah. uncomfortable. I'm sorry, yeah. but that doesn't mean we enjoy it. We yeah, I, it. I didn't say the word enjoy at all. Yeah. I just said, just know that it's coming and accept it. Which is funny because in our previous uh, resilient episode about control, we said you have to accept sometimes that it's not out of your control. Yeah, yeah. but in this case, you have to accept the fact that you are going to be confused and you're probably going to struggle, have to struggle through something to get to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, My second one was pick your moments and know your point. Okay. Elaborate on that. So if you're valuing the process and not necessarily the outcome, you have to be very intentional along the way of when you're going to pick moments to share your work with other people Oh yeah, and know the point of why you're sharing it uh, with them. Yes, so like, yes. I'm not just going to show it to you willy nilly and then just ask you, what do you think? Like, there's got to be a reason why I want you to watch it and, and what I hope you were going to try to get out of it. Or I need to be specific about what kind of feedback I want you to give me. Yeah. Yeah. I almost think in the early rounds of feedback, you get someone that you really trust their insight 
and you just give them the freedom to say, hey, what do you think about this in general? Well, and I think it there's, requires there's those type of people. But then there's other times when you're asking for something very specific. I'm doing this or that. What do you think? Yeah. You and know? that's why I said, know your point, because yeah. if I go to somebody and I say, hey, I want you to watch this scene I've been working on and just I have to lay some groundwork. Right. Like I have to say, you know, what happened before this was this. And what this is leading into is this. And here's where it, where it falls in this storyline. Uh-huh. How would you How, and see so this does or this, feel about this? Does this accomplish what I was trying to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm not actually asking for... A, the, here's the part that's really hard when you ask people for feedback or at, 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 while you're in the process of developing is that they always want to give you their personal preference. Right. Right? And so sometimes I have to lay like like lay out the boundaries or whatever and say, I know you could have a preference on one way or the other, but what I want to know is, did this accomplish what I'm, what I was trying to accomplish? Yeah. And, and they might say to me, yeah, it did accomplish it, but, uh, I would have done it this way. Well, that's great. That's That's great. I'm the one creating it though. And I was curious of did this accomplish what we wanted it to right now i of course i value if they say i would do it this way and i and i i take that into consideration also but you know sometimes it's a matter of preference and i just have to know i have to pick my moment so that i'm not just doing something based upon one person's preference well and that was you know i've I've heard a couple of different things on this uh one of them actually i think from the Tim Ferriss um, podcast. And actually, it came in different ones, but whatever it was, he had Seinfeld on and Seinfeld was talking about, you know, he'll write something he's so excited about, you know. And in that moment, he wants to call one of his comedian friends and be like, can you check this out, you know. But he's learned over the years, don't call and share what you wrote the day that you wrote it. If you still like it tomorrow... Then maybe share it then or a week later, you know, and that's kind of a cool that's kind of a good, I think, rule of thumb. Uh, But, you know, Ferris, he's the one that kind of gave me some ideas about how to or at least started me thinking about um, being conscious about how I'm asking for feedback. And he was the one that said, you know, when he was writing his book or one of his books um, that he would give he would give it to, say, 10 people. And he would look at those 10 people as number one, people he respected. But but number two, those 10 people are representative of thousands of people. Uh And so he would take in all the feedback he could get from them. And and then, you know, sometimes he'd be very specific. Should I keep this part of the book or should I cut that part of the book? And he said that if even one of those 10 people told him to keep it, he would keep it. It stayed no matter what. The Uh, other nine could tell him to cut it, but he'd keep it anyway because one person said, and he assumes that that one person would be representative of many thousands of others. Okay. And so, um, but if he starts getting, you know, certain feedback or like, like same, like five out of 10 people say the exact same thing, then he's like, well, I'm paying attention to what that, you know, because that's a trend now. So anyway, he's got a whole thing on it, but it, it was, it was interesting. I think that's, I think it just pays too if you're if you're creating something, it pays to really be conscious of the way you're getting feedback on stuff, you know. Yeah, and Wind's so really I think the third thing, uh, it it as far as creativity goes, is thinking about the process for yourself, you know, and 
what did it teach you? What did you learn from that process, from that experience? What did you do that you would continue to do in a future project? And what would you do differently so that it's not as much of a struggle? Like, I think about how, how can you set yourself up? What did you learn that you could set yourself up so that you could be in the most creative state possible? Yeah, most present so, state possible. So that all the nonsense burdens are out of it can be. Yeah. So like the thing I've noticed that you've done most recently is you've been hired on to do more drone, drone footage, right. like collect more drone shots. Um, or you're using some of your drone shots within other like video, music or whatever, videos yeah. or stock footage or whatever it is. Well, one thing I was pleased to see that you do now is you write yourself a shot list. <laughs> and yeah. and like otherwise you're in the middle of shooting and one, you don't get all the shots you need for whatever storyline you're trying to create that could be one one result another result could be um that you miss opportunities to get these other shots because you're you haven't planned it out like there is a level of well preparation that has to occur uh, of course you know and i know some filmmakers who and i almost think you know when you talk about documentary versus like narrative or filmmaking you know uh i think documentary filmmakers are just a little bit better at at just they because they have to be they're a little better at being on the fly um at picking up shots where they weren't really like planning to get them and so you know they, they don't always have a shot list i noticed and and or if they do they don't like have it out and they're not checking things off you know but and I know some great filmmakers that pull that off. I just noticed. I and again, you, we talked in previous episodes and maybe in this one about knowing yourself. Um, I just know. I just think you've worked I, with filmmakers that are are very present and yeah, open. The, yeah. But I think documentary filmmakers have to be really yeah organized. Yeah, yeah. they do have to be organized. But when they get there on the set, they got to be very present because otherwise yeah. they're going to miss something. You know, well, and they're going to miss key opportunities to show the personality or the context. Yeah, and know? that's also true in narrative filmmaking to an extent. Although you can manufacture a lot of things in narrative. Although, but but there's the that's the rub though is if you manufacture too much, the audience is going to notice that it's fake. And so when you capture that reality type feel, something that's so honest, you there's usually a, an element of something you didn't plan. However, having a shot list will tell you, hey, 80% of what we do today is on this list. The other 20% of what we get is just going to be a happy accident, hopefully. Yeah. And that was just an example about things that you learn by valuing the process. Yeah. Your outcome... You're going to have an outcome. Yeah. No matter what happens, you're going to have an outcome. But like along the way, you probably learn some valuable lessons. Right. And you learn some things about the way to set yourself up to to create, you know, to be in the best situation to create. Yeah. Just like traveling, you pack the car, you learn to pack the car in a way that's not going to be a big pain in your butt every time you go out there, you know, and and that gets a little more efficient each time. Everything's like that. And you're right. Totally. At least my experience with filmmaking is like that. The, the, the more organized and planned out I can be, the better I'm going to be, or the more I'm going to be able to be present 
to get those happy moments of like spontaneity or whatever. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I know I already said three, but the, I think there's one last one. Oh, that, we're doing a number four yeah, today. Huh? We have top today, four. Today we'll do a, a fourth is that like, know what the outcomes that you want that you would be satisfied with. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, despite everything that occurs, like, what is it? What is the outcome that would make you still be happy and satisfied with the process that you just went through? Yeah. And okay. Okay. You just started something in my, or stirred something in my mind that I, I was really thinking about this too, where it's like, you know, you hear these people, oh, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's my problem. I'm a, I'm yeah. a perfectionist. It's like for all you perfectionists out there, if everything you do requires that every little piece of that thing be perfect, you're going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble yeah. because you're it's you're setting yourself up for pain to put all of that stock of something being perfect in one thing is bound to break your heart 10 times over. And yeah. I've learned that the hard way because I, there are times where I definitely want to get something as perfect as I think I can get it. And by the time I'm done with it, I go, well, I just changed this 15 different times and I never, I think I liked the first way better or I didn't, I don't like any of them, you know? So it's not, it's just not even going to be perfect. There's just no way it's not going to happen. And you might have some beautiful, awesome things that happen, but if it, if you're depending on it to be perfect, then you're just, it's like, you know, you're waiting on hell to freeze over. It's, it's not going to happen. So I don't know. That's, that's my number five. Oh, <laughs> dang. We did top five today. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, to all of you listening, then I hope you can value the process just as much, if not more than the outcome. And remember, I did not say enjoy. Yeah. I didn't necessarily say enjoy. I said value it. Value it. All right. All right. Adios. Hasta luego. Hasta la pasta. Episode 36 is in the can. Thank you.